As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, folks, the holiday seasons are now upon us. If you've ever wanted to have old-time radio, then you better make a beeline to the oldtimeradiodvd.com website. Place your order today. You get extra bonus 127 cereals. These cereals sell for $4.99 on eBay and even higher on Amazon. So that's over $600 just for the cereals alone that you get, plus all the old-time radio shows and bonuses that were included there with the original. So don't be wasting time. Go to oldtimeradiodvd.com today. Place your order and get this wonderful collection for you, your grandparents, your mom and dad, whoever. It's well worth the $85. That's right. It's ridiculous. Go to oldtimeradiodvd.com today and place your order. You'll be glad you did. Rumor Has It by Nancy C. Swoboda God, what luck, said T.J. Pike to himself. It seemed as if nothing he did could go wrong. The sign was one of those bright red metal ones from the dime store, Room for Rent. The house was an old shambling frame house, large and still imposing in its moldering grandeur. It sat on a small patch of well-kept lawn with a wrought iron fence that defied further encroachment by commercial property. T.J. looked back at the downtown skyline. With a room here, he would have only a three-block walk to the outdoor parking lot where he'd landed a job. That was plenty lucky. After what had happened, he couldn't stand to be cooped up for too long at a time. In fact, he was damn lucky to get a job at all, given the notoriety he had had. The place looked kind of run down, but he was drawn to it. People who kept up their yard usually kept a pretty good house, he reasoned. No flea-bag flops for him. The wooden porch creaked under his stocky frame. He rang the doorbell and heard chimes echo far back in the house. Almost immediately the door opened, and an elderly couple materialized in the dim rectangle of light as if they'd expected him. T.J. rubbed a hand over his coarse features and pointed at the sign. Room still for rent? The old man answered in a high, wheezy voice. Of course. Come in. Yeah, but uh, first, how much? Fifty dollars a week, including linens and breakfast. Sounds okay. Let me see the room. Fine. Come in now, young man. The old man opened the screen door and stepped aside. His wife smiled, but T.J. noticed that her face still seemed blank, like a bowl of oatmeal with two raisins. With gray braids across the top, her head was a perfect circle. 
The old man motioned to the stairway that went straight up along the left side of the front hall. You go first. It's the second door to your right. We'll follow, but it takes us a little more time, doesn't it, Faustina? He looked at his wife, and she nodded her round gray head. D.J. was right. The inside of the house was old style, but clean and polished. The dark wood paneling glowed and smelled of lemon oil. The red plush carpet was spotless, and the crystal chandelier glittered even in the dim light. He took the stairs two at a time, turned at the top, and waited for the old couple. For some reason it gave him the creeps to look down at those two faces slowly moving up towards him. The old man looked like a sleepy mole with a burr haircut, and the old lady made him nervous. It surprised him when she spoke. Her voice was low and pleasant. We hope you'll like the room. Don't we, Thaddeus? When she glanced at her husband, her expression came alive. Well, I'm ready if you are. Let's see it. T.J. followed them to the closed door. He looked at them, but they just stood watching him. He was pretty good at figuring people, but this pair was something else. After what seemed an eternity of suspended animation, he took the initiative. He opened the door to a large, high-ceilinged room with massive furniture and heavy, floor-length drapes. A double bed stood against the far wall, with a closet to the right of it. There was one tall window in the wall to the left, a bureau against the opposite wall, and a large chair just inside and to the right of the door. The red plush carpet extended into the room. Red velvet drapes continued the color up the wall, and a matching bedspread completed the sanguinary decor. And there was the wallpaper. God, said T.J., what is this, a nursery? The old couple looked at each other knowingly. Thaddeus replied to T.J.'s outspoken question. Oh, my, no. This is very fine paper and original to the room. It is unusual, isn't it? And do you believe in things like witchcraft, superstition? Well, maybe a little salt over my left shoulder, but nothing else. Why? The old man smiled softly. Then it won't bother you if I tell you the history of the paper. The pattern is called Devil's Children. The artist who did the original etchings dabbled in the occult and was said to have conjured up the design through black magic. It's rather a, a collector's item. The once white wallpaper was now parchment color, flecked with a red that had not faded. A larger pattern of groupings of storybook characters covered the walls like hundreds of small, frameless pictures. They stood frozen in an ageless pose, their colors paled almost to ghostly outlines. There were trolls, elves, wicked-looking children, satyrs with cloven hooves, all watching the room and each other with sightless eyes. Jesus! I don't know if I can go this or not. Got any other rooms for rent? T.J. scratched his thinning black hair and shook his head. And no, no, we don't. This is the only one available to you, wheezed Thaddeus. It's really a very nice room. Perhaps you won't notice the wallpaper after a time, added Faustina encouragingly. Okay, okay, T.J. dug into his pocket. Here's fifty. I'll try it for at least a week. Do I get a key? Oh, yes, said Thaddeus. As you know, our first names are Thaddeus and Faustina. The last name 
is Ligari, and we'd prefer you to use that. Here's your key, Mr. Pike. You can move in right away. Breakfast is at 7.30. He ushered his wife out of the room and closed the door behind them. Funny, he didn't recall having told them his name. Oh, well, the rent was right and the accommodations were to his liking, clean and lots of space. Secure in the knowledge that everything was going his way, T.J. went down to the bus depot to get his bag out of storage. Those two old toads would really hop around if they knew they had a murderer for a rumor. It was late by the time he got back to the house and unpacked his suitcase. The big bureau was more than adequate to hold his belongings. He noticed how scrupulously clean all the linens and bedding were. That suited him just fine after that hellhole prison he was in. He hoped he'd never see another cockroach or rat as long as he lived. He turned on the small portable radio he had bought at the drugstore, lit a cigarette, and lay back on the big bed. It was soft. Good. Well, here he was, free of a wife who deserved just what she got, and scot-free of the law. He could still hear her yelling at him, nagging, picking at him constantly. Bitch! She would have never let him go. It had taken what little he had, but it was worth it for the lawyer who had questioned him, hounded him over every detail, until he had discovered that T.J. had never been advised of his rights. Something to do with someone named Miranda. Hell, rights were something he'd given up when he'd married Evelyn. The minute they were man and wife, she turned into a shrew. There had been no question of his guilt. The night they had had their loud and last fight, the police were there only minutes after he'd shut her up with a hammer thanks to neighbors who hadn't tolerated the racket. But now T.J. had his rights, and he intended to take every advantage of them. For a while he planned to drift from job to job until something promising showed up. Then he'd settle down and work at it, providing it was to his liking. And as for women, well, they could go jump. It was his show now, and nobody was going to spoil it. After all, how many people commit murder and go free? The technicalities of the law and a smart lawyer had worked to his advantage. He was lucky, all right. Nothing could go wrong now. He smiled, thumbed his nose at the figures in the wallpaper, and went to sleep. The smell of bacon, cinnamon, and coffee penetrated the stout door and made his nostrils twitch. God, he hadn't smelled those smells since he was a boy on the farm. Refreshed from a deep sleep, T.J. rolled out of bed and dressed. If there were other rumors afoot, he was going to be the first at that breakfast. He padded down the red plush stairs and followed his nose to the kitchen. It was a big room with yellow walls and bright curtains. A large round table was set, but only with three places. Mrs. Ligari was just taking a coffee cake out of the oven. Good morning, Mr. Pike. Her muddy brown eyes looked deeply into his and then away. Morning, he sat down eagerly and watched her deftly cut the steaming cake into equal squares. She handed him the platter. Mr. Ligari has done his usual research. He'll be wanting to talk to you this morning. Uh-oh, thought T.J. Here it comes. It no doubt had something to do with his being a murderer. Well, if they wanted to throw him out, they'd have to give him ample notice. That was another law in his favor. He shrugged and reached for a piece of coffee cake. 
Mr. Ligari left little time for T.J. to speculate. Good morning, Mr. Pike. I trust you enjoyed a restful night? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I did. Mr. Pike, you must know that Faustina, Mrs. Ligari, and I keep close watch on whom we admit to our home. The mole-like face remained friendly. T.J. clanked his cup back into the saucer. I got an idea what you're going to say. Now, now, Mr. Pike, hear me out. We know what, who you are, and it's just fine. Fine? I don't get it. What are you driving at? I can demand to stay here, you know. Confidently, he quoted his legal rights as a tenant. Faustina put another piece of coffee cake on T.J.'s plate. What Thaddeus is saying, Mr. Pike, is that we'd like you to stay. Yes, that's right. If you choose to stay, knowing that we're aware of your past, that's your decision entirely. T.J. scratched his head. If you two think I need saving or something, forget it. Oh, my, no, smiled Mr. Ligari. It's just our way of putting our guests at ease. The sleepy mobile eyes darted to his wife's nodding round head. T.J. stood up and wiped the back of his hand across his mouth. I'm not saying I believe you. There's got to be an angle someplace, but at least you've saved me a lot of explanations later on. Mrs. Ligari beamed. There now, see? We've made things easier for you. It's been our pleasure for many years to take care of your kind. All day at the parking lot, T.J. tried to figure out the Ligaris. What did they mean, his kind? Did they run some kind of shabby operation? Hell, he wasn't hot. And he wondered at himself why he picked that place to hang his hat. God, maybe they had religion, thought they could save him. Well, they'd be wasting their time. He had no regrets. That night, he took his pay advance and went out in the town. He had a steak and quite a few drinks. When he got back to the old house, it was dark, save for one nightlight just inside the door. It made his shadow lurch and loom ahead of him as he climbed the stairs. Once inside his room, T.J. flipped on the light just long enough to change into his pajamas. Something caught the corner of his eye as he walked past the mirror on the bureau. He knew that it must be his own reflection, but he could swear that he'd seen the big paper move. He probably had too much booze. But before he turned off the light, he looked carefully at all four walls. Everything was still. Satisfied, he dropped into bed and a deep sleep. It seemed when he awoke that he'd been asleep for hours. But the luminous dial on his watch said it was half past three. He was still groggy, but he could remember that something had disturbed him. It had been a sensation like... like when the rats used to run over his bed when he was in prison. God! He jumped up and turned on the lights. Cautiously, he poked at the covers, but there was nothing there but soft blankets and spotlessly white sheets. Phew! He lit a cigarette and sat down in the chair. Well, one of two things could be possible, he figured. He was either having prison DTs like he'd heard tell about... Or he couldn't handle his liquor. Maybe it was a little of both. Fine way to start out his new life, jumping at shadows. By damn nothing and nobody was going to cramp his style. 
He snubbed out his cigarette and flopped into bed. He slept through the rest of the night and welcomed the smells of breakfast that woke him in the morning. As he went down the hall to the bathroom, he counted four more doors, two on either side. He slowed down and listened for sounds of other rumors, but there was only silence. Boldly, he tried the knob on one of the doors. It was locked. He wondered how many other people really did live in this house, and if their wallpaper was as wild as his. Freshly shaved and showered, he felt a great sense of well-being as he strode into the kitchen. Good morning, Mr. Pike. I trust from the looks of you that you spent a good night. Mrs. Ligari handed him a large glass of orange juice. Yeah, I did, T.J. sat down. Am I the only one for breakfast again? Faustina turned her blank look on him. Yes. Then she busied herself at the stove. As before, Mr. Ligari appeared quietly and sat down at the table. Well, Mr. Pike, how do you like your accommodations with us by now? Just fine. Only thing I can't get worked up about is that wallpaper. If any of your other rooms open up, I'd sure like to make a change. Mr. Ligari nodded. It's not likely, but we'll keep it in mind. The three of them ate in silence until Thaddeus lit up a cigar. T.J. turned down the offer of one in favor of his own cigarettes. Tell me, Mr. Pike, as a purely academic question, may I ask you about your recent experience? I don't get you with this academic stuff. T.J. was immediately on guard. What I'd like to ask, Mr. Ligari said quietly, is if you had the opportunity, would you do it again? Oh, I get it. You mean would I bump off my old lady? You bet. But only if I knew it would work out the same way for me, of course. He laughed at his own little joke. Yes, of course. Mr. Ligari looked at him curiously through a cloud of cigar smoke. Sometime when there's just the two of us, T.J. excluded Mrs. Ligari with a nod. I can tell you stories about prison that'll curl your hair. Right now I'd better mosey on over to the parking lot. As he stood up and turned to leave, he saw that both Mr. and Mrs. Ligari were watching him intently. Their eyes seemed to sparkle with pleasure. He supposed they were excited over the idea of having a rumor with such an interesting life under their drab roof. He did rather fancy himself as a celebrity. That night after work, T.J. couldn't quite face going back to his room. He had a sandwich and a couple of beers and caught a movie. Afterwards, he walked around the downtown area and then headed home. All that fresh air had made him sleepy. He was glad he hadn't had much to drink because he was too tired to cope with any hallucinations tonight. As usual, the house was quiet. Too quiet. The shadows seemed to be waiting, watching him, and he knew then by animal instinct that he was the sole rumor. Why? The Ligares had welcomed him with open arms, despite his unsavory reputation, led him to believe there were other tenants, the shabby neighborhood probably has something to do with it, and one look at those two weirdos had almost put him off when they first opened the door. As he climbed the stairs, he tried to shrug off his apprehension by reasoning that the Ligares were grateful for his patronage and didn't want to let on that they had trouble attracting a full house.
It suited him all right. The place was clean, the food was good, and they didn't appear to mind that he was a murderer. If anything, they were curious. He rather liked the idea of being the only rumor, the way they catered to him, and by the time he opened the door to his room, he felt better about the situation. Even the wallpaper didn't bother him, because tomorrow morning he'd demand to be moved, and he knew he'd get his way. After he got into bed, he left the light on for a while. He lay on his back and studied the figures. They all looked evil, faded, yet in a way distinct, luminous. Sober as he was, he could swear that some of them had changed positions from the last time he'd looked. With a shudder, he got up and turned off the light. He spent a restless night, dropping off and starting at the faint sounds of laughter, staccato giggles, only to rouse fully and hear nothing. It was the tangible sense of activity in the room that caused him to sit up in bed and turn the light back on until dawn. Either they let him have another room today, or those of kooks were going to have to lose their star border. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.